Oh, God did a bunch of good stuff. So we're, we can hang with the CCR now. I remember, remember that. Everybody good? Hey, I want to read that. Uh, this is really good, what Matthew was reading while ago in 2 Corinthians 5. I wanted to emphasize one thing to you this morning. Um, you know, he was talking about, you know, not losing heart. The Bible tells us not to lose, how, how to not lose heart. This is what's so great about the, about the Bible. Verse 16, 2 Corinthians 4, actually. Therefore, we do not lose heart, uh, but... But, th- but though our outward man is decaying, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. Okay. For momentary light afflictions is producing for us an, an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparisons. While, listen to this. Now, this is the key. This is what God wants to teach us. And he's been trying to teach us. While we look not at the things which are seen. Okay, this is the key for being an overcomer but at the things which are not seen. Okay? The things that are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. God has, this is the way God has created us. We are made up of three parts. Body, outward man, soul, inner man, spirit, innermost man. And what God, so, so we have these three parts to us, and most people, honestly most people, we are highly developed in the realm of our outward man or in the realm of our soul. Highly developed. Okay? But we're very little developed in the realm of our spirit. That's what Paul's talking about right there. Being able to see the invisible is a, is a function of your spiritual man. It's not a function of your outward man or a function of your soul. So what we have to do, what God's been trying to do is teach us, because see, we're, all three parts of us are important. Okay, our outward man's important. We need to take care of our body. We need recreation. Uh, we have desires. You know, some people call them the baser desires. Well, they're not all really baser desires. They're God-given, you know, de- de- you know, desire for sex is a good thing in the context of marriage. Okay, and outside of marriage, you need to ask God to just deliver you for a while. Okay? But those are good things, and those things need to be taken care of. Exercise, proper uh, uh, eating habits, proper hygiene, and all that's really important for us. I mean, we can't discount it. The realm of our soul is also very important. You know, the soul needs social activities. It needs friendship. It needs fellowship. It can become perverted also, you know, through, you know, uh, self-centeredness, self-focus, you know, a desire for wrong things. That's how the soul becomes messed up. And, you know, so we see... Uh, those things are important, but the spirit man is also equally important. If we are all developed in our soul and all are all developed in our our, our physical body, but our our spirit man's not developed, we are not going to be able to see spiritually. That's just the bottom line. And so, what God wants to do, He don't want to discount our body. We need to go exercise. We need a recreation. We need social activities. Okay, we need all those things, but we also need to develop the spiritual part of us. And, and learn how to see the invisible. That's what really we've been trying, what God's been trying to do is teach us how to see invisible so we can, you know, grow up as a person and be whole as people. Are y'all with me? And so that's how you overcome. That's how you deal with sorrow in your life. That's how you not lose heart when things happen that really would cause you to lose heart. And listen, we're living in a world where there's a lot of things that are happening around us right now not just on a personal level, but just in our nation. There's a lot of things that would really, when you look at it, like, oh, my gosh, what's happening to, the, to us? It causes us to lose heart. But as we learn how to see from, with the invisible, it's gonna, we're going to be uh, helped and, and not to be able to not lose heart and get through these times that we're in. Amen? Yeah. Right, another, one, another thing that I think will help you this morning is uh, Isaiah 61, verse 3. Uh, it says uh, that God would give us a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Now, here's if you look at that Greek or Hebrew word for heaviness, it also can mean failure. Okay, if you if we allow heaviness to to continue on us, it is going to lead us into failure. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? And God has an answer for heaviness. The Bible has an answer, and that answer is worship and praise. It's entering into His presence. 
Now, I know we all heard that, but the, it's the truth. Of, it's the truth. And what I think what God is trying to teach us is this, there's a spiritual world, and that spiritual world operates uh, through, and I don't really like, you know, principles and laws when you talk about that, but it really does have principles and laws that it operates on, just like the natural world does. You know, we have the law of gravity, which is a law that can't, you know, we can't overcome it unless we get in an airplane or a helicopter or a rocket or something like that that can overcome it. So, so there's these laws that govern the spiritual world that, you know, like that's a law of the spiritual world. How do you deal with heaviness? How do you deal with sorrow? That's, it, it shows you how to do that. So when we get in these situations, and here's what happens, okay, this is what happens. Your flesh doesn't feel like doing it. Your soul is grieving and it feels heavy. Now, that's where what I'm talking about is, is your spirit man developed? Is your spirit man connected in the spiritual realm and it knows this is how I need to, this is what I need to do. I need to allow my spirit man to rise up in spite of my flesh and my, what my soul's feeling. And when we begin to learn how to do that, we can, we can you know, have victory. Are y'all good? Yeah. So what we need to do is be really careful right now about developing theology. Wouldn't you say that's a good time not to try to develop a theology? You know, because you will develop the wrong theology right now if you do that. And as a matter of fact, let me just say this. I believe one of the things that God is trying to do uh, for all of us, not just us here, but the body of Christ, is God is trying to help us get rid of some theology. Because we have, we have theology and we have belief systems in us that are not from God. They're, they've come from humans. They've come from other people, and they're incorrect. Okay? They're just not right. And uh, so what happens is, is we have life experiences, and those life experiences will tend to, to tell us a theology about the Lord. Right? Now, we can take that from a positive perspective or a negative. We can have a negative life experience, and it can color our picture of God. Or we can have positive experience, and then it colors, equally cover, colors our experience of God. Okay? So what God wants to do is teach us, you know, how to live life and have, have experience, but also understand that He is the only one that can explain our experiences to us. And He really wants to explain our experiences to us. He wants to explain, he wants to explain Himself to us. He doesn't have to. Okay, God does not have to explain Himself. You know, he just can like, I don't have to do that. And there's times in the Bible where it seems that God is silent when things happen. Like, God, don't you know you need to, you need to address this? And he chose not to. But I'll tell you one thing. He chooses to address, his, address himself to us. Because he really wants us to understand what's happening with us and teach us, you know, uh, the, what the Bible really, really says. Uh, what I'm getting now is that God is showing, is beginning to re- reveal to me about the more experiences that I have in the spiritual realm, the more I'm seeing how spiritual the Bible is. Okay? Now, that's, that seems to be, you know, like a, a, the way it should be, if you think about it. God is trying to, God wants to bring us into, see, we've got to have experiences with God. We are going to, whether we want to or not. You're going to live your life on this earth and things are going to happen. Okay, so we can have these positive experiences with the Lord. We can have, have positive encounters with the Lord. Okay, and the more we have them, the more we should begin to see the truth of the Bible. God really wants to open the Bible to us and reveal it to us and show us and explain to us the spiritual world. That's what I'm really seeing now is that there's things in the Bible that we thought meant one thing, but really in light of the truth, in light of the Holy Spirit, they mean something completely different. Are you with me? Yeah. And so God wants to begin to teach us that. But what we have to do is we have to be willing to let go of some things. And one of them has to do with our empty theology that we carry around. I, that's, a, that's a really big one. Um, let me read this verse to you. Oh, almost another thing that really just blew my mind this week. I was thinking about this. In the natural realm, um, if you go to the first grade, like say you're a first grader, you get a, a spelling book, right? I guess they still do stuff like that. I don't know what they do in school anymore. But used to be, when I was in school, when I was in the first grade, we got a spelling book, right? And when I was in the eighth grade, ninth grade, I had a whole different book. You know, we, you sort of advance from very basic all the way up to more, more harder stuff. Instead of trying to spell hat, you know, you got to have to spell something that had not 19 letters in it, okay? 
think about this. God has only given us one book. Everybody gets the same book. It doesn't matter if you were just born again. This book has been thrown in your lap. Like, okay, what book do I get? You get this book. Or if you've been a Christian for 70 years, guess what book you get? You get the same book. We all got this same book. And this book can speak to us. I think, see, that's what the thing I'm seeing. Is there's a, this book it becomes more and more and more spiritual the more you go. There's more revelation. There's more stuff in it. And, and so I'm excited about it, okay? I'm really excited about the things that God is revealing, you know, apart from my experience, but in conjunction with my experience. All right, let me read this verse to you. Are y'all good? All right, whatever has, Luke 10, 5, 5 through 6, whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. This is Jesus giving instructions to his disciples when they went out. Now listen, this is really important. If a man of peace is there... Your peace will rest on him. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. But if it's not, it will return to you. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. But if no man of peace is there, your peace that you release comes back to you. Now here's the spiritual principle. In the the natural realm, supposedly most of the time, until something really gets messed up, which we can explain that biblically also, is... Is the opposites attract, right? I'm attracted to Becky. She used to be attracted to me. <laughs> but I've, me- I've messed her up so many years now. <laughs> but that's how the deal works, right? We're attracted to the opposite sex, hopefully. And if you're not, then we can help you with that. We can, I mean, we really can help people with that, that whole perversion thing. I know how to do it. It's in the Bible, okay? But in the spiritual world... Listen to this. In the spiritual world, it is exactly opposite. Like is attracted to like. When God, that's what it just said right there. When a man of peace comes to your house, and if you're a man of peace, that peace on him is going to come to you. It's going to be attracted to the peace it sees in you. In other words, God is attracted to God things. God is attracted to the kingdom things that He sees in you. And so the more, so what you have, if you have peace or if you have joy, if you have righteousness, you have a spiritual power from the Lord, when that, when the other come, God is attracted, there's an attraction there. In other words, you and I, whether we realize it or not, in the spiritual realm, we are emitting, uh, we're emitting light. Okay? We really are. If you could see people in the spiritual realm, you would see light. Some lights are less than others. Or, and we're emitting odors. Okay, all that's really real. Whether you believe it or not, it's one day you'll see. But it's happening. So the enemy, the devil, is attracted to the things of the devil. If you are thinking bad stuff, guess what you're attracting? The demons, they're attracted to those bad thoughts. They're going to come to you because you're thinking that way. But if you're thinking pure thoughts, the angelic realm's going to come to you equally and, and, and try to uh, associate themselves with you. So when we put a focus on God, and we put a focus on the kingdom of God, okay, it is going to attract more of God and more of the kingdom of God. That's just the way it works. When we were a young Christian, when I was a younger Christian, as a male, we had, we had issues with impure thoughts. Okay, any male in here have that, don't raise your hand. We don't want to know what's about your impure thoughts, but we know you have them. We do know that. Women have other kinds of thoughts. We haven't figured those out yet. <laughs> they really are a mystery. Like, what? <laughs> Anyways, this man, this wise old preacher, we were talking to this wise old preacher about how to overcome all that stuff as young, young guys. And he said, this is what you do. When you wake up at night and you have these impure thoughts invading your mind, first of all, you just, you just reject the thought, but then you start praying for somebody. You start praying with somebody. And as you do that, there's going to be a shift in you. You're going to shift. Something's going to happen to you spiritually. And we didn't really understand it, but we tried it. And it worked. It really does work. Okay? But here's what it, here's what it is. It's this thing right here. Let me, let's read Mark 4.25. And I wanted to tell you about Mark 4.25. I have a very personal experience with Mark 4.25. It is the first time the devil ever gave me a Bible. You know, the devil knows the Bible real well. When I first got saved, he gave me this verse. Okay, this is what it says. For whoever has, to him more shall be given. 
to ever, whoever has to him. That's what I just read to you. If you have something spiritual, you can expect to get more. If you got anything you got that's spiritual from the Lord, you can expect to get more. Now, you could also say this. If you have wickedness, if you have impurity, you can expect to get more of that also. It's, it's coming your way. Okay? But then it goes on saying, And whoever does not have, we're talking about the spiritual, even what he has shall be taken away from him. I just tell you what, I got saved and I lost everything. Everything I had, I lost. I had nothing. I had a, literally, I had a brown grocery bag. Back in the days, they used brown brown grocery bags. Remember those? I had a brown grocery bag with a few articles of clothing in it. That's all I had. Everything I had was gone, taken away from me, stolen. I was, people I was hanging around with, it was not a good scene. They took all my stuff. I was homeless, except for my brown paper bag. Fortunately, my sister took me in. Okay, and the devil came to me one time very early and told me that. He said, well, that's what's happened to you. You just deserved all this. That's what he said. You, you, what you did had, God took it away from you. That's what he was saying to me. Well, God didn't take it away from me, okay? He really didn't. What God was trying to do, he was trying to get the stuff out of my life that needed to be gone so he could fill me with something that was good. I didn't understand it at the time. But see, what God wants to do for people is God wants to take the, whatever you have spiritually, he, he wants to pour more into you. and He wants you to understand that you are attracting something. If you're walking around gripey and negative, you are attracting demons. Let's just put it like that. If you're critical, you're attracting demons. If you're gossiping, you're attracting demons. If you are, are walking around thinking bad things about other people, or if you have a lot of impurity in your, in your thinking, you are attracting the demonic realm. And we need to face that. But on the other hand, if you're walking around in your heart thinking about, you know, set your mind on things above, you know, if you're setting your mind on the things above, and praising that as a part of your life, you're attracting the angelic realm into your life. You're attracting the Holy Spirit into your life. And he, and he feeds on that. Um, let me just tell you about this Romans 1, uh, 1 21 thing, because I think this is important, because it sort of describes it. It says in Romans 1 21, although they knew God, they did not honor him as God, nor were they thankful. Therefore, they became futile in their minds, in their thinking. And their foolish hearts were darkened. And God, then it says, God gave them over. He released them. So you see what happens. Uh, they, they had God, okay, but, then, but they didn't honor the Lord. They didn't honor the Lord in the realm of their thinking. There was no honor towards God. They dishonored God by what they were thinking. Okay? Nor were they thankful. They didn't have a thankfulness. They didn't have a gratitude in their heart. They didn't look to God. So God left their minds, basically. I mean, that's what it's really saying. His God came out of their minds, and when he came out of their minds, the next thing that happened to them, their hearts became dark. Okay? And when your heart becomes dark, it means the lights are out. All the demons in hell are, are, are just going after you, and then it talks about the origins of homosexuality. That's, that's where the origins of homosexuality come from. They don't come from somebody having some genetic thing or some brain. It comes from... It comes from a heart void of God. It, a dark heart. It comes from a dark mind. So, so the enemy's attracted to that and he brings, you know, perversion and all that stuff into your life because what he sees is darkness. He's attracted to darkness. All right, now let's look at Romans 12, 21. So, and, you know, that's sort of the bad, you know, the extreme. I'm, that's why I'm saying we, you can help a person who's a homosexual. You can get them free from that. Okay, you really can. And you can go back and get that where, where God begins to function in their minds and their lives again and get the light back on them. And then the, and the positive energy flow from, from the spiritual realm begins to flow back into you. There really is an energy flow in the spiritual realm. There really is. There's a flow of energy. Paul called it this as a, a Greek word, energy. would be, uh, and, and It's all over Ephesians, that word energy. It's an energy flow of heaven that flows. So what, you know, God's trying to teach us about the spiritual realm, how it works, and how to tap into that energy, okay, from, from heaven, and tap into that light from heaven. And the way we do it, we attract it by, by what we think and in in, in by our actions. But, so here's spiritual warfare, uh, Romans 12, 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome 
overcome evil with good. The best way to overcome evil is by focusing on good rather than by focusing on overcoming the evil. Y'all got that? Because a lot of people in the spiritual warfare arena, they go after the evil. They got this focus on the evil when really the, the, right there it says focus on the good. Let the good overpower the evil. That's really how we do it. That's how you do it within you. That's how you do it without you. Because you can go and tell people a bunch of stuff about how bad they are all day long. That's focusing on the evil instead of releasing the goodness of the Lord towards them. So how you eliminate bad thoughts is not by constantly rebuking those thoughts that come into your mind and trying to bind those thoughts up. You reject them. You know, a thought can come to you like you're an idiot. You ever had that thought? <laughs> constantly getting that thought coming up. I reject that thought. I am not an idiot. That is not from God. Lord, I am not that bad of a person. Really, you love me. You know, instead of thinking on how bad I am. So as we begin to do that, we can overcome this evil thing because we're filling our minds with right thoughts, positive thoughts from heaven, energy from heaven, the spiritual thoughts. And see, God's attracted to that. He likes that. He loves that, so he chases after that. He sends the Holy Spirit. Go over there, Holy Spirit, and get all over her. Go, angels, I have assigned you to that person. Go do something. Help them. But you see, it's a matter of our choice. See, we have to make a choice. If we are not making the right choice, those angels can't help us. We found them. They're sitting there like, I really want to help you, but you have made a decision and that I can't, I can't break your, your decision. You know, you've made the decision. I'll help make it bad for you so you'll quickly turn. Are y'all hearing this? This is the way the spiritual world works. God wants to teach us how the spiritual world works so we can deal with the sorrow, we can deal with the fear, we can deal with the disappointments, we can deal with all the hurts that we shall face in this life. And if we don't know how to deal with it spiritually, we are going to be overcome and we can, we, we'll, we'll grieve ourselves into the ground and, 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 and we'll let this fear thing just get on us and, and, and bind us up. Well, we don't have to do that. But the only way to overcome it is with good, is with the power of God. Um, that's why there's you know, a lot of scriptures on this. One of them is uh, Philippians 4.8, where he talks about whatever is lovely, whatever is true, whatever is honorable. See, that's a powerful scripture. It's just not... T- it, you see, we, we don't realize that there's power that's released on that scripture. He said, think about those things. Put your mind on those things. That's what Paul was trying to tell us. He was telling us how to do this stuff. Think about the honorable things, the right things, the wholesome things, the pure things. And when you do that, God does what he does. We have control over our thought life. One thing that Bill Johnson said two years ago, and he was talking about in terms of revival, and he was talking about how you stay in 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 a mindset of revival. He says, focus on what God is doing or has done, not on what he's not doing. Focus on what God is doing or has done, not on what He is not doing. So that's how you stay in a move of God. That's how you also stay renewed in your own self, is you keep your mind towards what God's doing. or what If He's not doing nothing that minute that you're aware of, you think about something He's already done. In fact, you know what Bob Jones told me one time? He said, here, if you're having a bad meeting one Sunday, just go get a bunch of old testimonies and let the people get up and share old testimonies. Because there you're thinking about what God has already done. Instead of sitting around saying, oh, this is terrible. You know, that's, that's how you do it. And so as we begin to apply these things in our lives and do them, we can have some t- tremendous breakthrough and we can walk through this world and not be overcome by it. Are y'all good? Let me give this, second, this Colossians 3. This is one of my favorite ones. And this is, you know, this is straight up, man. Therefore, if you've been raised with, up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, see at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on the earth. That's, that's what it says. It's not just a Bible verse. It's just not like something that we should do that. No, we've got to realize this is spiritual. This is real spiritual. And this can have a major impact on your life daily. A major impact. As we begin to do that, because when we do that, when we set our minds on things above, guess what's attracted to us? The angels of heaven are attracted to us. God in heaven, the Father's attracted to us. The, the, you know, the, the Holy Spirit's attracted to us. It, it's like a magnet that draws all that to us. But if we sit around here and wallow in the mud, 
All the bad things are attracted to us, and we don't want their attention, right? I don't want their attention. I don't even want them thinking about me. Just don't even think, you know. I want the other side thinking about me and being attracted to me. All right, that was a, that was a thought, because God's trying to teach us. Now here, let me just read this one right quick um, about fear, okay? The greatest weapon against fear, because everybody's suffering from fear in the world. Right? There's fear we got to deal with. Fear's scared. I mean, you can get scared about some stuff, man. I don't know about you, but I do. So i got to know, Lord, how do I overcome fear? Well, it's real clear. Uh, 1 John 4, 18 through 19. Uh, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Uh, the greatest enemy of evil, the, I'm telling you, the greatest enemy of evil, of any evil, is love. Now, that's the truth. We don't think about love right. But love is a very powerful force. It says it right there. It's the power of love. It, fear cannot exist in the environment of perfect love. It just can't do it. It's impossible. It says, uh, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. Let me tell you this. Um... There's times when we go through situations in our life that are difficult. Okay, our soul was grieved. Okay, now we had to deal with the grief, and, and there. And so, what I'm telling you, how do you deal with the grief? You don't focus on the terrible things. You begin to focus on the God things. However, God does realize, as a as a person with a real soul, and a soul that has to deal, and that God allows us to process stuff. And so, uh, I got this call this morning. I want to tell you. Uh, from a friend of mine who's a pastor of another church, and they, re- they, got, they got their own unique mess in their church, okay? And he called me, and he was talking to me about all that was going on, and, and you know, we had this long conversation, and he called me back this morning. I was thinking, you know, this guy's a prophet. I think, oh, he's got to work for me. I could call him back, and he didn't leave no message. So I called him back, like, and so he, well, I'm calling to repent. <laughs> for what? <laughs> well, I think I got too critical the other day when you when we were talking about all that stuff, I said, I didn't care. It didn't bother me. I'm, I'm fine with what you were saying. He said, no, I'm not telling you for you. I'm telling you for me. <laughs> I said, great. The Lord forgives you. You're cleansed by the blood of Jesus. What he was doing was legitimate. He was trying to process his thoughts. Okay, we have, God, can, God allows us to process our thoughts. But you can't process them with everybody. You can't just spew negative stuff out everywhere. You need to find somebody you can trust and somebody who can deal with it. Because some people can't deal with it. You might mess them up. They may, oh, I'm going to go get them people in that church. What a bunch of jerks they are in that church. <laughs> you know? You don't want that. You want to talk to people who, you know, they can hear what you got to say. I mean, you know, he said all that. He's talking to me for 30 minutes. I bet I said five words. I mean, I'm like, I got my own problems. <laughs> I need somebody to talk to. Please stop. Hey, no, here's, here's the phone call. Hey, Byron, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. How you doing? Well, 30 minutes later. <laughs> but the point is, God allows us to process, okay, with, with people. But there, there is a limit on it. We can go too far with it. You're allowed because you have a real soul that needs that. God expects that. It's healthy for you to do that. But there comes a point where he's saying, okay, now you need to get off the you need to get that off in your mind and you need to start shifting into something else. If you don't, it's gonna overcome you and create a failure in your life. I'm telling you. If you do this, if you do what I'm telling you, it, it works, and this is why it works, because this is the way the spiritual world works. And the spiritual world is really the thing. Now let me read this one last are y'all good? So perfect love casts out fear. We love because he first loved us. Thank you, Lord. All right. Matthew 26, let's read this great story. This is the best, okay? Uh, <clears throat> Matthew 26, verse 6 through 14. Now, when Jesus was in Bethany... Now, this what I want to tell you, I believe I have discovered right here, and I've discovered it in some experiences I have, the highest level of spirituality there is. Okay? There's nothing higher than this. This is the highest it gets. It, it won't get any higher for you and I. When Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster vial of very costly perfume. And she poured it on his head as he reclined at the table. 
But the disciples were indignant when they saw this, and they said, Why this waste? For this perfume might have been sold for a high price and the money given to the poor. I just want to bring up this one little point. Uh, this, what this woman was doing was, was very significant, okay? And anytime we are connecting with something that's very significant spiritually, you can expect the religious spirit to rise up with a very clever answer. Because if you read this, that was a clever answer. Well, that was a waste of money. You poured out all that. We could have, we could have took that to, to the store, to the pawn shop, and sold that and got a pile of money, and then we could have helped all these poor people. That sounds good, doesn't it? The problem was it was religion because there was something much higher going on. And so you can expect this. I'm going to tell you this. You can expect when you begin to connect into a higher level of spirituality, there's going to be things like this going to come to you that make sense. Okay, they're going to make sense to you. Like, well, that does make sense. We should have sold that. Jesus, you didn't need that, obviously. I mean, heck, you ain't even dead yet. I mean, you know, come on. You're going to probably walk around for a few days and that stuff's going to wear off of you. You know, I mean, that's right what these people were saying. That's what your natural mind would say. Uh, but Jesus, aware, and notice another thing. This is where God wants to take us. How would you like to come to a place where you could be aware of what people were thinking and saying without literally hearing them say it? No, I think God really wants to do that. Now, I don't, I'm not, well, God don't want to hear everything Ryan Mead's thinking because... It may, you know, something, but I'm just telling you, there's some things that God wants to make us aware of that's going on around us. And a lot of people already are, are that. You can walk into a room and feel things, right? Have you ever walked into a house, a home, okay, and the husband and wife just had some major knockdown drag out? You can feel it. You can feel somebody right here. And then you're wondering what's wrong. You feel a little uncomfortable. Well, you have just picked up to the spirit realm in there because some bad stuff was said and it was released. It's the truth. It's the spiritual world. It's just we need to get a little bit more wiser about the spiritual world and being there like, uh, something bad here. Maybe I need to leave. <laughs> have you ever been somewhere you feel like you need to get out of there? You couldn't explain it. You just felt it. Well, you were picking up on it. And God wants us to be aware of what's happening around us. So we can make better decisions because the spiritual world dictates what happens in the natural world. All right, so Jesus was aware of this and said to them, Why do you bother the woman? For she has done a good deed to me. Now that's the point, right? I want to tell you this, this thing called good deed. Okay? For you always had the poor with you, but you didn't always have me. For when she poured this perfume on my body, she did, not, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly I say to you, whatever this, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will, be, will also be spoken of in memory of her. Wherever the gospel, so wherever the gospel is preached, what this, now think about what this woman did. That wasn't, in, one, in lots of ways, that's not a big deal, right? She didn't raise anybody from the dead. She didn't heal anybody. She didn't preach a great message. She didn't, uh, you know, follow the Lord across the lake in a, on a storm. All she did was take some expensive stuff and pour it on the Lord and anoint Him. That's all she did. But, but it, what it was was she made a great sacrifice in her, a sacrifice of love. And she did something. Now, I'm going to tell you something. There was power that got released when she did that. It, it's, see, the Bible is giving us a hint here. It, it's talking about... The house. Now imagine if somebody brought some perfume in here, a bottle of perfume, and just slung it into the atmosphere. Think about that. Say it was a, a really nice perfume like Chanel Number no. Five. <laughs> you know that smells so good, it would just fill this whole room up, right? That was what was happening. They were smelling. It. But see, the Bible really wasn't talking about that perfume. It was talking about something else that got released there when she did that. She released an aroma, a spiritual aroma that went all the way up. I mean, it went all the way to the top. It bypassed everything and went right to the nostrils of God, the Father. And the Father put it in Jesus' heart right that minute to say, this will forever be recorded. Forever, forever, forever. This, what this woman has done, has released an aroma into heaven that will never go away. It will never dissipate. In fact, it is going to be associated with the preaching of the gospel. 
How much? That's about as high as level you can get, right? So what I'm saying to you, if we really want to go to the highest level, this is the secret. The secret this is the, the secret of the spiritual world. It is, it is sacrificial love. It is, it is doing something or even just a sacrificial thought. I mean, just a thought of love that maybe you couldn't act on, but this thought that came to your mind, how you could serve somebody, it releases this power into the heavenly realm. And we got to experience some of that recently. We got to experience people washing other people's feet. And guess what was happening when they were doing that? There was an aroma getting released into heaven that was powerful. And the spiritual world all of a sudden was right there. I mean, it's the truth. That's we're close. We're close. If we could see an angel walk into this room and manifest itself in glory to us right now. Okay, that would be pretty good. I mean, I'm wishing for that. I'm hoping for that. Come on, bring them on. Okay, but I, I believe this. I really believe this. I believe what Jesus said right there. This is a higher level than that. This beats that in God's eyes. When we love, when we wash other people's feet, when we make a... And I'm not talking about something, well, it's easy. Oh, oh you're just such a nice person. I mean, I love you. You know, that's nothing. But when, you, when we had to do something, when we feel like we're going beyond ourselves, we're going, well, I can't, you know, Lord, I don't, this is tough. You think it was easy for that woman to give up that, all that alabaster thing? I promise you, she had to think about it. Like, when she probably got the notion in her mind, like, man, should I do this? You know, I mean, this thing's worth a lot of money, man. Maybe it was her future. We don't know. This was worth a lot of money. She made a huge sacrifice to do what she did, which in, on the natural plane was not that much, so, you know, as far as in terms of having any impact. You could do something just on the natural, but it means so much because it's, it's the love of the Father being released. And God is attracted to that. God loves that. God is saying to people, He's saying that you really want to connect to the spiritual realm, you really want to understand the spiritual world, it all comes out of when there is a true thought or true act of love. When that's released, heaven stands at attention. When that's released, every angel that's around you all of a sudden is focused on you. Every, every, uh, every demon is getting out of, you know, they're getting out, they're running. They're running away from you because they can't be in that presence uh, this is what the Bible says See, I always wondered about this thing it's the thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests through us it manifests it, it manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge in him in every place there's this aroma that can come off in our lives it's powerful it's powerful in the spiritual world in the natural world, it may not be that much. It's powerful in the spiritual world. Somebody calls you, and it's very inconvenient, and it costs you, but you do it because there's this love in your heart to do it. Something happens. And that's why I was mentioning earlier about we're really highly developed on our soul. Right? In our flesh. We are self-focused. And that's going to be inconvenient and out of the way for us. Not realizing we are missing something very powerful and strong spiritually. That's why we really need to develop our, not just to see, but so we can really walk in things like this. We can really walk in it. Because it really takes, and I think we're, you know, in the future we will have more and more opportunities to, to do acts, deeds, like Jesus said, He should deed for me. If you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me where we go and we serve somebody, we go and wash somebody's feet, we go and bless somebody and do a deed to them, it releases the power of heaven. I mean, it's pretty powerful, you know. So it wasn't natural perfume. It was what she did that released that aroma. Uh, for we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. From the one an aroma from death to death and to the other aroma from life to life. And who is adequate for these things? That's what he was saying. We're just, hey, this is beyond us. Are y'all catching this? I mean, this is really important because I, the spiritual world is what's most important. The, the spiritual world is what's most important. 
But this right here tells you this is what's most important to the spiritual world. I think sacrificial love. When we express sacrificial love, that's the, that calls the attention of all the spiritual world. And I believe when we, you and I do that, it draws God's attention. I think God jumps all over that. I think the Lord Jesus Christ just piles on us when it does that. I've experienced it recently. I went into a situation recently where there were people doing something that was hard for them to do, real hard. I walked into heaven. That's what I felt like. I just walked into heaven. The heavenly atmosphere was here. They weren't feeling it. They were grinding it out because it was killing them what they were doing. They were tore up about it. But heaven was very, very real and very present in that place. And God really wants to release heaven into the earth, Lamb. He really does. And I've discovered, I've, what I've been discovering is right here, Mary Bethany. That's how you, you want to release heaven? That's one way everybody in this room can. Just ask the Lord. Somebody even called me uh, a thought they had. They called me and said, you know, I think I could, I'm willing to help this person do that if they want and I felt, I think there's power all over what they said. And it was a natural thing. It wasn't spiritual. It was just a natural thing. But there was power getting released on what they said. Because it was going to cost that person to do that. They were going to have to give up something to do it. They were going to have to give up some of their time. They were going to have to give up some of their talents. They were going to have to give up some of their abilities and resources to do it. Are you all with me on this? So I think what I'm saying to you today is... Uh, you know... The Lord wants to do something with us. And this is, this is the way in. So, Anyways, uh, I want to tell you this. Uh, one of the things that I believe the Lord wants to release to us this morning is wisdom. Anybody got a need of wisdom? And the reason I say that is because uh, we've never had an owl. You know what an owl is? The bird. The bird that sits in the trees, stays awake all night, makes noises. We've never had an owl before until recently. There's an owl has moved into our woods beside our house. And uh, when we heard the owl for the first time, we knew God was speaking to us. It was a sign from heaven. Uh, and Becky kept telling about this owl. Like, this is an owl. Me and Emma heard it. You know, Emma Lou even heard it. Oh. Y'all saw it. I ain't heard it. I'm like, where's the owl? There it is right over there. I'm thinking, where? <laughs> I never heard the owl. I saw it, but I... Last night, as I was going to sleep, I heard this owl fly right by my bedroom window and do the owl sound. <laughs> yeah. The last thing I thought as I was going to sleep is the wisdom of heaven is being released right now. We need wisdom, the wisdom of heaven, to walk what's in front of us. And I believe the Lord, because people say, what do you, I've had so many people, how do I need to pray for you? I need wisdom, man. I don't know how to do any of this. I need desperate. I'm desperate for wisdom from God. And the Lord was saying, wisdom of heaven is being raised for you. I give you my wisdom to know what to do in this hour. And to know what to say or know what not, when to not say. I'll give you my wisdom. We need wisdom. There's power in wisdom. So I believe that's one thing. If you have a need for wisdom today, I believe that's a release of that. And we can just release into this room right now. If you want wisdom from heaven, God's releasing it. You know, one thing God wants us to do, though, I'll tell you this, is when I was a young Christian, this is, we were in church one night, and there was a man in that church that I thought was, and he is, was and is to this day one of those spiritual people I've ever known. Okay, He was powerhouse. You know, he could preach, he could prophesy, he could play any kind of instrument there is and sing prophetic songs. He got up one night and said, Lord, fill me. And this immature, carnal Christian got up, pointed his finger at that man and says, God does not fill half full vessels. And when he said that, I fell to the floor. Because I knew I was full of stuff. That God feels a hat. You have to be emptied, is what the word was. You need to empty yourself. You will empty yourself. God will fill you. I'll never forget that. That has stuck with me all my Christian life. That God is saying that. See, that's what He's been saying to me for months now. Firing, empty yourself. Get rid of some of this stuff in you. 
get rid of it. But he's not saying it just so I'll be an empty person. He's saying it so I can come and fill you up with what's right with myself. You know? And I'll tell you one thing we need to empty ourselves of is our view of God right now. And say, Lord, this is the best view we can have of God. And God is, is a very loving Father and He loves us. That's all we know. We don't know about all the other stuff. We can't explain it. But God wants us to envy ourselves of some things. And I think this morning, if you just, we just say and say, Lord, I just present myself. I want to get all this crap out of me. All these lies, all this deception, all this wrong belief system. I just want to, I want done with it. I want to get in back into the, what you believe, what you say, what you, uh, your understanding. I just give it all to you. And I'm going to tell you, you don't have to worry about giving something to God that's off God. Because if you present something that's real in you, that's from the Lord, God's going to make sure you keep that. You know, He's not going to like, oh well, sorry you lost it now, but you poured it out. <laughs> that's not the way y'all put it. So let's just ask, so Father, right now, we just ask you to release the, uh, the grace in us to empty ourselves and not have to have the answers and not be full of answers that don't really count. Lord, uh, our beliefs about the Bible, our, our, our beliefs about our lives, our, our beliefs about ourselves, our beliefs about you and our beliefs about each other. Lord, we just want to empty those things today. Lord, we just ask you to forgive us for people we've judged. Lord, that's, that's important right now. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's people we've judged and had opinions about. God is saying you need to let that go this morning. Now's not a time to be in judgment of people, each other. Just let it go. Lay it down. Anybody, you know, just ask the Lord to bring anybody to your mind that you feel like you've had a judgment against or you've had an opinion against them about the way they were and who they were and what they were doing. Just lay it down this morning. Let it go. Even those who've hurt you, just let it go this morning. Lay it before the Lord. And the Lord will fix all that. Other, you know, other Christians, uh, other churches, you know, whatever your thing may be, you know, other businesses, if you're in business, other people at work, the way other people raise their children, the kind of cars other people drive, all this stuff we have is petty and doesn't matter before the Lord. So we just empty that to you, Lord, this morning. We just give it all up, Lord. Lord, we just declare, we don't have the answers, God. Lord, we don't understand things that have happened. But God, we just lay it all before You, Lord. Just ask You to come and fill us with Your wisdom, Your insight, Your revelation, Your light, Lord. And Lord, for those of us who are full of darkness and sin this morning, I pray we just let it all go. Let the blood just wash us. Let the water of the Word just wash through our minds and hearts this morning, Lord. Set us free, Lord. Just set us free, Lord, today. Set Your people free, Lord. Lord, I thank You for the atmosphere of heaven that's released and self-sacrificial love towards You, Lord. Lord, as we sacrifice our own feelings and our own opinions and our own soul to love others and serve others, Lord, Thank you that there's a release from heaven that comes. Anything that we do towards you, Lord. Lord, I know you respond, Lord. Let the response begin today in people's lives, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just ask you, Holy Spirit, to come on every person in this room right now. Let every person in this room sense the Spirit of God on them, touching their hearts, healing their hearts taking away the pain in their hearts, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we ask you for more healing for our sorrows, Lord. We ask you to heal our sorrows today, Lord. Heal us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Get through this time, Lord. And I really want to encourage you about the worship thing. Is uh, I really believe this. You know, worship is the one way that we can really have direct communion with the Lord. That's what he said in John 4. He worship me, must worship me in spirit. There's a direct thing that happens in worship. The 
greatest worship that we could ever have is when we have no reason to worship on a natural perspective. That's the worship. That is true worship, I believe. And that's worship in spirit. It's when, when our soul, our flesh, is, everything's wrong there. But in our spirit, we know everything is right. That's the worship that God's looking for. And I want to encourage people. I want to encourage you to now, if you ever wanted to be a worshiper, now's the time to be a worshiper. Right now is the time to be a worshiper. And that worship will go to heaven. It's because you ain't got anything to worship about. You know, things are not working. You've had disappointment and heartbreak beyond measure. I think that's really important that we understand how powerful worship is in the spirit realm. And I'm not trying to get you to do anything. I'm just telling you about the key for worship. Powerful thing. Of course, the other thing I really encourage people to do is pray in tongues a lot. You know, because that really does release the set. The Bible says it actually releases the mystic realm into us, it releases the mystic realm into us. It really does. And that's another powerful way of the spirit world to become more real to you than this world. And for your spirit man to really come forward. Thank you, Lord. Let's just wait on the Lord to say it here because we just don't want to go do stuff. I'm, I'm really concerned that, that we make sure the Holy Spirit has His way. we still got a couple minutes before one, so if you're just tired. Anybody who really wants uh, hands laid on them, you know, we'd be glad to lay hands on you for whatever. I know we pray for the sick. I still want to pray for the sick. Still want to pray. If you, if you really want to get that download of wisdom, you don't feel like you got it, we'll pray for you about that. Help people. 